And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. I'm Mike Harrison, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. I want to thank you for joining me today. I've got a great show planned. It's a show that I've, I've always wanted to do, and we're going to talk about foundations, property foundations. It seems that foundations are a common problem here in North Texas. It's been my experience as a real estate investor in Texas that it's not if you will have a foundation problem, it's more often as to when you'll have a foundation problem. And if you've listened to me for any amount of time, you'll recall awesome. I often say real estate investing is a team sport. Well, I have one of those team members on the show today. I've never met this individual, but I've used his services many times as a single family rental property owner. I found him on our vendor list. And if you don't know what the vendor list is as a member of Lifestyles Unlimited, you have access to folks who tailor their services directly to real estate investors. And essentially, you're talking to an expert that also understands what you're doing with the property, how you're setting this property up, how you're going to make this property cash flow. And, and prior to Lifestyles Unlimited, honestly, I didn't know any better. When I needed work to be done, I just winged it, right? I just called somebody essentially out of their book. But no, you can find people that are experts in their field. You can find people that tailor their business to a particular segment, like real estate investing. You don't have to guess. You've got avenues to, to find these folks. So I want to bring this individual on. Gavin, I really thank you for joining us today. If you would, um, how'd you end up in the foundation business? Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Um, I ended up in the foundation business by a uh, uh, a friend of mine gave me a job. I ended up as an operate, you know, as a foreman, um, and that's kind of how I grew up in the industry, learning to lift up properties with engineers on site. Um, uh, that was the most important thing is having the engineers there on site while we were lifting these properties because. Not only did I work with one engineer, I worked with several across the DFW Metroplex, and, and they're still around today, so we still do business with them. The engineer essentially certifies that the foundation has been corrected to a point, or what are they doing exactly, Gavin? They're they're basically you know the, you know they're a green light at the closing table. If you have an engineer's report, you know they're certifying that everything has been done um, uh, acceptable to them. And if we, you know, they, we were working side by side when I was a foreman, and so we would lift the houses. They would look at it and be like, yeah, you're good to go. Okay, they'd sign off. So we got right. a lot of help from them just learning how to maneuver houses. Some some of them are a little difficult. You know, uh, you, you have to get an engineer kind of involved on a property that has multi-additions. You know, those are... Oh, little, different sides. Yeah, I didn't think about yeah. that. Yeah, because, you know, you have your main structure that you have to, you know, get straight, and then everything else is kind of built off the side of it, you know, so you have to. So they come in you know, really handy on those situations, but they helped me learn 
when I was a foreman, and then I went into sales, and then I went into owning um, and starting my own company, Straight Line Foundation Repair, in 2007. That was a uh, hard hit because the next year we had uh, pretty much 2008. Crash. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to entrepreneurship, right? Uh, <laughs> right. All the way through 10, uh, definitely a tough time in, in a lot of different ways. Gavin, take a moment. Why, is, why are foundation issues so common in North Texas? Our soil is is different than most er, other areas. We have a, a heavy bentonite clay in our soil, and you hear a lot of people talk about Texas gumbo. That soils talk, you know, it's black gumbo that um, yeah. we're digging in. It's sticky. It's expansive, and um, really, what we try to get people to understand is there's two killers in foundation repair: too much water or not enough water. It's always the case. We don't have earthquakes or you know major landslides in this area so it's it's usually that expansion soil that you know wrecks our homes and we have to be mindful of gutters drainage any negative areas where water's ponding up against the house and um, you know those those are the two things that i try to impose on everybody is water issues in 2018 in october we got two foot of rain in in october yeah, you know, one month. So it see how it comes on like that, and we live in our te- in Texas where we get these droughts like we had last year, and our our, our hundred degree summer started in May. So Gavin, is it just older homes that have foundation issues, or does the home have to be a certain age where these show up, or what's the story there? It's, we're seeing a lot of these new homes, the, all the all the track, you know, all these homes that are going up in these different areas are having foundation issues. You know, they're built right on top of each other. Drainage issues, maybe not all of them have gutters. You know, those are different decisions for homeowners to make when they purchase their home in these in these subdivisions. A lot of the times, you know, having gutters will help you so much. You know, but we're seeing failures in these newer homes as well. Ten years minus. What do you think's causing that? I I personally think that it might be a um, a uh, overusage of post tension. You know, I know. I mean, there's cost um, variance there, and I'm not sure what they have in it. But you know, if you look at our bridges and everything that's built around us, we all have rebar sticking out everywhere. You know, those things are strong. We drive on them every day. We don't even worry about it. But when we look at our houses and these newer homes that are being built, you know, these homes are being, you know, the the post tension, if you if you look at it, each cable has a starting and ending point in your slab. It, it, they're on the outside of your home. If you walk around, you'll see these little round holes that yep. um, end up, you know, all around your house. Uh, rebar doesn't have that. It's all encased in your concrete, so you never see protruding rebar. Um, if you do, you start getting rot in the rebar, and it'll cause um your your concrete to flake off yeah the same thing for the po- yeah the same thing for the post tension um if you get water into the collars of the post tension cables where those grout marks are on the side of your foundation um those post tension cables can uh collars can rot and and you know the cable could end up on the other side of your house um, we've seen them many times sticking out of the side of the house you've probably seen them sticking out of the side of the house before um, yes. that's the cause is the collar on the other side, you know, rotted and it, you know, let the cable, you know, protrude. That, so, that brings up a, a point on post-tensioning. So, 
Uh, talk to me about in your guys go in. I had to have some internal peers on this most recent one. It was the kitchen that was essentially sinking down um, mm-hmm. and the bathroom. There was a sewer leak underneath and caused a lot of issues. But if they're coming down and hammering, jackhammering, is what happened? Can they hit those post tension cables? Is that dangerous? Does that create an issue? Yeah, it's it's dangerous, and it, it um, you know what we're dealing with is a failure already. Yeah, you know if we're if we're in there doing foundation repair, we're we're dealing with a failure on the on the cable already. We we don't know how much pressure it has on it, but we try to stay away from them. If we see them, we'll just move off the side of it and try to you know rebreak our hole out in that area. Um, it's not uh, uncommon to get into one and break it loose, but um, you know, we try to watch that as much as possible, but we're dealing with a failure anyways. You know, why, you know, if we had tension on a cable, why is the house failing? Yeah. What's you know? causing it as it's yeah, coming what's down. Causing it. And we go back to water issues, you know, the, the ground swelling and heaving plumbing problems. Um, you know, those all, those all have an effect on the property. Yeah. Typically, um, well, this one had a plumbing problem, but I bought a house that um and i guess the the guy living in there there was trees that were growing literally they were touching the brick and so the roots had just ate up the foundation in a bunch of areas but we didn't have to do any interior piers but we had to do exterior piers so how's it work i mean you dig a hole underneath uh, just tell me the magic that that makes this thing work how do you do it Okay, so we have several different kind of piers with concrete, which is the most cost-effective. You know, we try to you know, sell those more, you know, towards investors. Uh, steel piers, hybrids, which is a combination of steel and, and concrete, um, helicals, and drill piers. Um, if you were standing at the wall of your house, or, you know, any wall, just standing at the front wall of your house, um, we would basically dig a two-foot by two-foot by three foot deep hole right in front of your brick wall and get underneath your concrete beam that's holding your brick up. Yeah. At that point, we would um, start, uh, we would use a hydraulic ram to press these uh, one foot uh, tall, six inch round concrete cylinders into the ground. And, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about, you know, we're going to hit bedrock. It, really, we don't know where bedrock is. In Irving, you can press 36 feet deep. Wow. In Fort Worth, you can press two. So really what we're, what we're dealing with is a point of refusal, okay? So yeah. we'll press that pier to a point of refusal, which is greater than the weight of your house. And then that pier, that, that machine will actually, you know, lift your house up a little bit as it's trying to press that pier in the ground. Once we're done with that, we put a cap lock on it, and we get all the piers ready and jack set, and then we slowly lift it up to meet our desired um, uh, readings. So it's a jack just like you're jacking up your car to change a tire that's down in there. It's a it's a, tw- a 30-ton bottle jack. It's a little bit, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a bit, cool. <laughs> and uh, the ram, the hydraulic ram jack, uh, electric, gas, what's running that? Uh, both electric and gas. Mm-hmm. They pr- both press about um, about eight thousand psi and our cylinders are rated at like 60 i think they're they're rated at 3500 6500 psi wow 
Yeah, it's uh, it, it can't be an easy job. I mean, you mentioned the gumbo mud that we have here. That's causing the problem, the foundation. And then for your team to get in there and fix it, they've got to dig through the same gumbo mud and create a hole big enough to put a ram jack and uh, a hydraulic ram and then the jacks and everything else. And then once they jack it up, it's just con- little concrete cylinders that they they use, Gavin? Yeah, once we get there, once we get everything leveled off in the house or work to the elevations that we want, because we don't always want zero through the home. If the if the house is showing minus fives everywhere, we want to get it up to minus five, and that would be pretty level around the house. Um, after that, we lift the house and we'll uh, set a cylinder in there on the cap, pull our jack out, set another cylinder, and and then backfill the hole. Sometimes we have to break out concrete on porches, so we backfill the hole and then put concrete back. Um, and in the front, we just try to leave it better than the way we better than we got there. And then the last step is the engineer certification. They yeah, they usually they're scheduled out on their own because we don't have their schedule, but they will come out within a, a week and uh, certify everything. So they're measuring and they're saying essentially the level of the slab foundation has been lifted and it's correct. And then they sign off on that certification. And that's when I sell the house, people are always saying, well, did you have foundation repair? I say, yes, here's the warranty. Here's the engineer certification. And it really hasn't been a problem for me. Um, When we come back though, I want to talk about just the stigma that's associated with purchasing a house that has foundation issues. Like I said, I started before I became effective and and learned really how to do it with Lifestyles Unlimited. And at that time, I thought if it had foundation issue, it was persona non grata. I moved on to the next house and turns out that wasn't very effective at all. My name's Mike Harrison. We'll be right back. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. We went from 100% live to 100% virtual. And you know the funny thing is is that nobody wants to go back to work now that work from home, right? So now my members are like, well, Dell, we want to keep those virtual things open because now I know all the people in Miami and I know all the people in Chicago. I know all the people now know each other from all over the country because of these virtual events. The free workshop, How to Retire in Five Years or Less, is online. Go to lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the show. If you have any questions or comments, please send me an email. My email address is askmike at luinc.com. Askmike at luinc.com. I'm here to help. If you'd like to learn more about real estate investing, if you've got questions about foundation repair, I've got Gavin on the show today, and Gavin's the owner of Straight Line Foundation. Gavin, why don't you go ahead and share your contact info before we get too too deep in, in this segment? Sure, no problem. So it's a Straight Line Foundation Repair and Drainage Solutions, um, uh, straightlinefoundationrepair.com. Our phone number is uh, Metro is 817-640-1000. 800 number is 
1-866-202-7437. 1-866-202-PEER. Let's talk about, we left off when I first started as a real estate investor, and I don't know where this came from, and maybe it's just common belief out there, but essentially if you came across a property and it needed foundation repairs or if it had previous foundation repairs, you just walked from that property. You didn't buy it, and I was wrong in that. In fact, I learned as I became a, a much better real estate investor. Why is there such a stigma with foundation? Um, it's Well, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Everybody that lives in North Texas knows that we, you know, we have a lot of foundation repair companies here. <laughs> part of it. Um, Back to life but, here. Yeah, it's, it's the you know it, you can get good deals, and I've always told everybody we we've, we've done road shows for you guys. So you know at the road shows, I'm like, look, don't pass up a foundation issue. You know, see what it's going to cost. Get us out here first, and then make your decision because a lot of it's based on you guys plugging your numbers in. To you know this the, in a magical calculator, what's going to work for you guys? You you figure you're going to put thirty five thousand into it, and I'm just pulling a number out of mid air, and uh, if that still provides an equity capture and it cash flows, you know what is five, six, seven, eight thousand within that thirty five to fix the foundation? Really, it's just another cost. I mean, uh, associated. So if it makes sense, it makes sense. But I think there's a lot of people out there that they're just especially maybe people that aren't from Texas. Do you work with some investors that uh, don't live here that are from out of state? Yeah, actually, the slab I was just telling you about, um, he's in California. So, you know, we do have um, property management companies that we work with, with, with um, owners that are out of state. So we have to manage that. And, you know, I was having to talk with them because we had to go and we had a few things to deal with on that slab. So we had to stop and um, so, yes, we do have people from out of state. Yeah, and there's a lot of folks that we have a saying here, live where you want, invest where you want. And obviously the numbers in, in just about all over Texas uh, make sense here more than they do in some other places. And so you've got a lot of these out-of-town investors. So essentially you're doing the repair. I take it you're taking pictures through the process and sending that back so they can see it's done. Uh, or I guess the management company handles that. Is that correct? Well, we we do we'll facilitate some of that. It just depends on how it works out. If we're dealing with the management company, or if we're dealing with the contractor, the GC with for the buyer, you know, it's um, it depends a lot of the times. But we try to facilitate that as much as possible. Gotcha, Gavin. How did you become associated with Lifestyles Unlimited? I know you said you started your business in '07, and then you had the the '08 through '10, the terrible times there. Um, how'd you end up with lifestyles? Well, we started f- trying to find the people that are buying houses. I was out there beating the streets. <laughs> That's us. Uh, um, and, you know, ran across your group and, and, um, became vendors. And, um, I think we've been with you since 2009 or 10, you know, I mean, it, you really pulled us through. We had some investors that we were working with those first couple of years, but, when the housing market took a turn back in '08, we weren't doing how we weren't we weren't doing any foundations for home buyers. We were doing yeah. it for all of our investors, and my, investors have been our bread and butter, and we try to treat them, you know, as such because, you know, they carried us through those those hard years. 
Yeah, we were the only ones buying any properties during that time. Everybody else was essentially laying low, uh, just hunkering down, and, and we were still buying 2008 through 2010. A lot of folks don't realize that, but yeah, we were buying. So, Gavin, what do you like about working with real estate investors versus um, not to say you don't do work for people on their own personal homes or property owners, but what are the advantages of working with real estate investors? Volume. You guys uh, buy a lot of houses, you know, and that's what we try, you know, that's why we try to take care of our investors as much as possible is because it's always a word of mouth with us or they're telling their other investor friend or we're yep. doing a road show or we're doing a case study there in Irving. So it's, you know, it's always good to see new faces too. I love seeing those new faces at the case study and yeah. they have a lot of questions. And one of the first things I tell them is like, don't be scared of a house that has foundation issues. I try to stress that to them, you know, but I love working with, uh, uh, investors because you see a, a kind of a blank slate, a, a, a house that nobody wanted. And then, you come back, you know, at a later time, you know, like, wow, you know, family's living here. Um, uh, it's it's in their portfolio or, the, you know, they, they've liquidated that property or something. But you see the, the process and you're like, wow, you should have seen this house before, right? Yeah, well, I, the transformation is amazing. So the first time I bought a property that needed foundation work uh it was essentially a hard money lender that i had worked with on several properties and and this particular house was in a neighborhood where i owned several other houses and so they called me and they already had and you guys did the work they already had uh the foundation quote the rehab quote it was all teed up for me and so i went and looked at the house and gavin i'm telling you i'm standing in the master bedroom uh the bathroom on the master side and I'm looking and you know how the wall is supposed to be perpendicular right it comes up and then it takes a 90 degree turn well I'm looking at that top the ceiling and the wall and I can see into the attic I mean there was like a four inch gap there and so I was a little afraid and I called my hard money lender back and said I don't know about this and he said Mike everything's gonna be fine and so I uh, got you guys in there you started doing the work I came back um, and I open the front door, and all I see, there's a guy in the living room, and the only part sticking out is his head. And he's digging a hole in the living room, and there's, Gavin, I think there was four or five feet of dirt in the living room. And it freaked me out. <laughs> it's so, kind of freaky. <laughs> so it, sometimes it gets more than just four piers. From what I understand, there's times when you're lifting the foundation and a pipe can crack. Is that correct? That's correct, yes bringing it through on on the process now do you recommend having let's say you've got a tenant in the property and they need some interior piers and like you said it's about a day um, it's obviously not a, a quiet process if you're jackhammering mm -hmm. through a slab um, do you recommend they wait until that resident moves out or have you done it with residents still living in that in the property what's that look like We've done it both ways. The residents living in the property, or maybe you'll be displaced to a hotel or something during the process. Or, or you know, we've had um, investors just wait until you know their lease is up and they move them out, and then they do the remodel. You know, they're ready. They've got some money saved up. Um, but we've done it both ways. You know, we try to to be, uh, you know, um, very. 
tenant friendly. You know, we, we have to coordinate with the tenants as well to get into there. So um, yeah. that's one of the processes is we'll get a call from the from the management company and then we'll have to call the tenant to get access. And- well, I always want to make sure, I mean, the resident, I look at it as my client, right? You know, they're, right. they're renting a property, a great property, best product, best price. Now I've got an issue. I've got a repair that needs to be done. And I essentially... Uh, I'm not going to go over the top, but I want to make sure the resident's comfortable with whatever's happening. Um, if they right. want the repair done, well, I, I give them the option. I'm like, hey, we can fix this. If it's plumbing, we got to fix it. But mm-hmm. if it's foundation and they're okay with it, maybe we wait until the property turns so that it's empty. But I will give them – I'm going to fix it one way or another. It's just – I want uh, the resident of that property to be comfortable. And if if they can move out for two or three days or go stay with friends uh, or family or something like that, um, that's that works well uh, also. So, Gavin, that property that I purchased, the hard money lender already had the foundation repair, the report, the estimate. Are you doing a lot of that on these properties that um, are in the process of being sold or about to be sold beforehand? So that process would be considered, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the word for it. Anyways, I'll go on. Um, Yeah, well, you're not necessarily getting called by an owner of the property. You're getting called by a property that a hard money lender has acquired or maybe a a wholesaler along those lines. And so you're putting the cost together. Yeah, yeah, you're putting the cost together beforehand. So is that what percentage of your business is, is working with those folks? Um, not a lot. We do get a lot of wholesales, you know, that will get the property, uh, everything ready for them. But we work with a lot of investors. People are, that we work with are, are ready to go. Um, uh, we, you know, the office gets a lot of calls. I'm usually in the field most of the day. I'm, I'm handling warranties, and I'm, I'm looking at new work um, and also trying to find, you know, new property management companies or new investors. Uh, so I would have to ask the office how many wholesale um, people that we get. Um, we don't really know. You know, they won't tell us that. We'll just get a, hey, come look at this property, um, and then we'll get a call back from maybe someone like you. Or to go back what you were saying about the tenants or clients, you know, we've had some some situations where the owner just sold the property to the tenant, and then we got the tenant back say, hey, yeah, we want to go ahead and get the foundation done. We bought the property from the tenant. From the owner, so those types of things work out too. So, um, yeah. it's a negotiation. Whenever, like going back to what you were saying about doing the work while your client is in the home, you know, we try to to just manage it between however it is easiest for everyone. Yeah, that's my philosophy. What's what's yeah. going to work? Uh, what's the best practice here? What's going to ensure that I'm not just going to call them up and go, "Hey, we're doing foundation," and you're just going to have to live with it. Um, exactly. I don't think that's the right way at all, yeah. and you know, I want that person to be happy where they live, and um, you know, just the whole process, the best we can do for them. A lot of times, you're not having to go inside the property; you can just do it from the outside, and that's not disruptive at all. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, we may not need interior pairs on every property. Yeah. If it's an interior pier, Gavin, do you prefer going in through the slab in the house or tunneling from, say, the front of the house all the way to where you need to get to? 
it depends. Um, it what you know, some of these nicer uh, homes, they don't want the floors torn up. So we do have to go in and put piers in. There's a house that we have in Cedar Hill that has 100 feet of tunnel under it um, Whoa. with 15 piers under it um, with access points. So if we have to do any adjustments, we can just access that area. Um, um, so there are times where we don't go through the floor. We will tunnel or there's options we can um, foam inject uh, Eurotech uh, into the slab, which is a smaller um, three-quarter inch hole. And we can usually find some places that won't damage the floor in those situations. Okay, so you can drill down and, and do it that way. Those tunnels, are those all dug by hand, or you got a special machine? No, they're dug by hand. Wow, backbreaking. Yeah. I've heard people yeah. talk about how roofing in August in Texas is a tough job, and it is, no doubt, you know, but um, tunneling underneath a hundred feet underneath a property in Texas in August is um, not for the faint of heart, Gavin. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> right. <laughs> and not being under there isn't for the faint of heart. I went under there. It's not. It's not oh, yeah, the cave in, the claustrophobia. Uh, yeah, you guys are worth. Um, you're worth every penny that you get paid. And I just want to thank you for coming on the show. And for the listener, I want you to understand that just because a property has foundation issues, don't walk away from it. It's a mathematical equation. Get somebody like Gavin out there, get an expert's opinion as to what it's going to cost, plug that into your rehab, and it either makes sense or it doesn't make sense. But you got to remember, this is an investment. And if you can make the, the cash flow and the investment make sense, then it's a good investment. My name is Mike Harrison. I want you to remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. Make it a great day. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit LifestylesUnlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.